your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to part two of this Mailbag Monday extravaganza. Of course, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and follow me on Twitter at JackBushman2. Or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And just a reminder, make sure to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube if you haven't done so already. It'll take a quick click of the button. It won't cost you anything. It's 100% free. And also that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. And make sure to go and, sub- and go and follow, excuse me, Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well to have a chance to win some free Blackhawks stuff as part of the giveaway that I'm having right now. Make sure to go do all of that good stuff. Go and show some support. And I greatly appreciate all of your help. All right, without any further ado, let's get into part two of this Mailbag Monday extravaganza. Next question I want to answer comes from Brandon Sikora on Instagram. A quick one here. Is Sammy Savoy going to the AHL this season? And this is, again, another one that I think a lot of Blackhawks fans out there are thinking. And sometimes I think it's something that people get confused by because they see that the Blackhawks sign these guys to uh, an entry-level contract, or they see them sign a deal with the Rockford Icehogs, that doesn't mean immediately that they're going to be there the very next season. It's something that can get easily confused. Um, so just because Sammy Savoy signed his entry-level contract recently does not mean that he's going to be up in the NHL or up in the AHL this upcoming season. From all accounts, he is going back to Gatineau for his third full season with the Olympiques, coming off a campaign where he was nearly a point-per-game player, very Solid progression offensively out of him. Um, But we could see Sammy make the leap to the AHL level. Could be joining Rockford or who knows. Maybe he even winds up joining the Blackhawks later on in the season as well. Once Gatineau's campaign comes to a close, it won't happen this fall. But we could see him um, making the leap to the professional level later on in the season. Or if not, uh, fall of 2024. Next question comes from... Uh, Dorian Fletcher, 32109, who emailed in Lockdown Blackhawks recently and asked, will Connor Bedard be the next captain of the Chicago Blackhawks? When do you think the decision gets made? And where will there be a captain for this season? A very good question and a good reminder. Probably going to be doing this sometime here in August before training camp gets underway. I'll have a full episode dedicated to who I think should be the next captain of the Chicago Blackhawks and kind of breaking down all the candidates and doing a little bit deeper dives into them. But what I will say right now is um, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to have a captain for next season. And we've kind of seen this become a theme around the NHL is if it's not a clear cut, there's not a clear cut option. There's really no reason to go and make one guy the captain when there could be some controversy behind that, right? You could be making a change in future years. Some guys might not feel great about getting the C stripped off them in favor of an A. It just could make for a weird locker room dynamic. And truthfully, there's more than one guy being the leader, right? Now, some teams out there obviously are going to have the head honcho leader that Jonathan Taze was for the Blackhawks for forever. But there's still going to be Brent Seabrooks, who is 
known as the vocal leader in the Blackhawks locker room. And there's just been a bigger committee approach seen across the NHL uh, in the last handful of years. And I honestly think that's probably what the Blackhawks are going to do um, for this upcoming season. Seth Jones, Connor Murphy, they're going to be wearing A's. Um, Tyler Johnson could be wearing an A as well. And we could see some guys, you know, maybe j- just like how we've seen in the past as well, getting the rotation of A's. Maybe Jared already gets an A. Um, but maybe there will be some guys who wear it for home games. Maybe there will be some games where guys wear it on the road. But I don't expect the Blackhawks to name their next captain. I think until they're really ready to turn that corner, until some of these guys have already stepped onto the scene, like a Kevin Korchinski and a Connor Bedard. And until we learn a little bit more about Lucas Reichel and some of these other guys, I think the Blackhawks want to see what they have out of this next wave. And this is really just the first part of it coming up to the NHL level. I think uh, Alex Vlasic and Isaac Phillips are both two guys that have the potential to wear letters in the future as well. But I think they want to see kind of how this season and maybe even next year goes as well before they kind of rush into that decision. But as far as will Connor Bedard be the next captain of the Chicago Blackhawks, I think he's got just as good of a chance as anyone considering he's, I mean, unless something absolutely absurd happens in like a decade down the road, he's pretty tied into the organization for the long term, Right. And that was kind of my argument for Seth Jones is being in the position that he's in where he's really guaranteed to go nowhere other than here. Um, it would really set him up to be the captain. Connor Bedard's kind of in the same breath. So for me personally, I think Connor Bedard and Seth Jones are the two front runners, but um, I wouldn't be shocked to see it go either way. And I really do think the Blackhawks want to learn more about a lot of these young kids over these next few years before they ultimately come to that decision. Coming up, oh, here from uh, Dylan Brentwood, who asked on Twitter, when is the playoff window opening again, Jack? I know you probably get this a lot, but it's what the people want to know. And this is probably the question that I do get asked the most, um, other than, you know, what, what do you think about Connor Bedard? Is he the real deal? Is he is he going to be special? That's probably what I've gotten the most over the last month, just talking to random people about uh, Bedsy, which has been awesome. Um, But as far as the playoff window opening again, yeah, I get asked this a ton. Um, I I don't think it's crazy to think that the Blackhawks could be contenders in 2024, 2025. Maybe not contenders for the Stanley Cup. I probably should have ordered that better. But I I do think they, they could make the playoffs in 2023, 2024, if all goes well, considering the amount of money they have, the talent that's finally starting to arrive. And you know Kyle Davidson, I mean, if we've learned anything about him, he's done a pretty good job constructing rosters so far. And next summer is really going to be the first offseason for the Blackhawks where they're expected to be big spenders. And I'll get to another question regarding this here in just a second, but the summer of 2024 and the summer of 2025 could be absolute chaos for NHL free agents because it is just absolutely littered with talent in those free agent classes. So um, considering how much money the Blackhawks have and having the best prospect pool in the NHL, having generational talent counter Bedard, I really don't think it's uh, out of the realm of possibilities that the Blackhawks make the playoffs in 2024, 2025. Um, but regardless, if they don't, I, I think the, I think the competitive window is opening either that season or 2025, 2026, That's when we can really expect the Blackhawks, I think, to kind of be making a push again. Uh, Last question I'm going to get into here before I take another break. 
from Logan Pruce on Instagram, who asked, do you think Bedard has the potential to score 60 goals in a season? Can he put up better numbers than McDavid did this year? And for those who may have forgotten, Connor McDavid in 82 games scored 64 goals, added 89 assists for 153 points, basically putting up a 90s production when guys, when NHL final scores were like eight to six, you know, and goalies were basically wearing catcher's gear in that. Um, that's what Connor McDavid was doing this past season. And it almost seems unfair to say, I think Connor Bedard can go out there and do that. I mean, 64 goals, 89 assists, and 89 points. 89 points in an 82 game season is good. This guy had 89 assists. And 60 on top of it, okay? Uh, Counter Bedard, I get, is in that generational special talent. I'm not going to go out here and say that he's going to go and be an 150-point guy. Does he have the talent to do that? He's as talented as anyone, really, uh, historically, in terms of prospects in this game. So I'm, I'll say he has a chance, but I'm also not going to say uh, I expect him to be putting up better numbers than Connor McDavid. I mean, listen, if Con- if Connor Bedard is consistently racking up a hundred plus point seasons, I'll be happy. Whatever he tops out at, anything higher than a hundred, unless the NHL goes into a ridiculous scoring pace like it was in the '90s, except with modern technology, anything over a hundred points is always going to be awesome. And I think Connor Bedard can be a consistent 100-point producer, but I'm not going to go out there and say he can score 153. But as far as him scoring 60 goals, that is the one where I will say I do think he has a chance. Comparing to some of the guys who have potted 60 in the past years, David Posternock, Connor McDavid, I think back to Steven Stamkos' insane year and what an insane player he was before all of those injuries. I mean, one of my favorites at a young age, one of my first jerseys I got was Steven Stamkos. His shot was absolutely wicked. And I don't know if Connor Bedard has that same one-timer from the left dot that Steven Stamkos has, but he's got the curl and drag wrister capability to be a 50-goal scorer in this league. And I wouldn't, I've said this, I think he can score 35 to 40 next year for the Chicago Blackhawks because I think that's the ability of his that's going to transition seamlessly as any at the NHL level. So 60 goals, I think that's that could be doable for Connor Bedard at his peak uh, one day down the road. All right, folks, I'll continue to answer these questions right here live on Locked On Blackhawks. But first, real quick, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball at FanDuel, and you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It's $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid out instantly. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, folks, before I wrap things up, 
I do want to let you all know about the cool stuff that I have planned for Lockdown Blackhawks in the next few weeks. And of course, as always, make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and to follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram to have a chance to win the giveaway that I'm doing right here live on the channel. But as far as videos go, I've already gotten into a handful of my Central Division previews. I've covered the Nashville Predators, the Winnipeg Jets, the St. Louis Blues, and most recently, the Colorado Avalanche, and it's been a fun little reminder of what all of these teams have been up to in the offseason and how they finished up last year and just kind of taking a guess at how things are going to go for all of them as we head into this season. And once I wrap all of those up, I'm also going to be having crossover episodes with each and every host from the Lockdown Central Division getting their perspectives on their own teams and just some fun conversations. I'm also going to be having a full rookie year projection on Connor Bedard. As I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be having a debate as to who should slash could be the next captain for the Chicago Blackhawks. A lot of awesome stuff coming up here in the next few weeks. Make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of that. All right, getting into the last handful of questions that I'm going to answer as part of this Mailbag Monday extravaganza. And the way I'm looking at the clock right now, this honestly is probably going to be a two-parter. So uh, if you're tuning into part two right now, thank you very much for listening to both part one and part two. Um, Picking up where I left off, the next question I wanted to answer comes from Quinn Ed Fonzi on Instagram who asked, what Blackhawks trade over the years did you think was great that wound up failing miserably. And I kind of had to go through, because honestly, in my tenure, um, all in my tenure as the host of the show, which has been almost three years now, which is kind of crazy to say, all of the poor trades really happened to understand Bowman's leadership. And I think we all kind of anticipated those to be bad trades at the time, right? Like, um, and I wasn't even the host of the show at, at this point in time, but obviously the Artemi Panarin trade, we're all kind of like, I mean, we were high on Brandon Saad and we didn't know how bad the trade was going to be, but I think we all kind of knew that the Blackhawks didn't exactly make the best trade at that point in time, but I actually had to go through cap friendly and kind of uh, remind myself of all of the trades that the Blackhawks have made over the last five, six, seven years. And I kind of went through some that I remember being higher on at the time I don't know if I'd characterize them as um, failing miserably, but definitely didn't work out the way that I had envisioned it at that point in time. Uh, The first one that came to mind that was more recent, as I saw scrolling through Cap Friendly, was uh, when the Blackhawks traded Matthew Highmore to the Vancouver Canucks, one-for-one swap for Adam Gaudet. And I was like, I mean, we know what Highmore is, and that's uh, and this was also coming off of, that postseason run where the Blackhawks third D pairing Olimata and Slater Cuckoo were absolute dynamite in the COVID postseason. And same with their fourth line. The Hawks fourth line did a lot of good work and so did Matthew Highmore. But obviously uh, we all kind of knew that. I mean, if you had been watching Matthew Highmore, you knew he wasn't anything too special. He was uh, a bottom six fourth line type of guy who could be physical, could provide you with some good size. And every now and then he'd find a way to chip in offensively but wasn't going to be anything too crazy at the NHL level. And to trade him one for one for Adam Gaudet, who had battled some health inj- issues, but had shown flashes. And in particular was someone who, when the Blackhawks had played the Canucks, I really had liked what I saw from him. So in this trade, I was like, this is an absolute no brainer for the Blackhawks, right? Like, and, and a lot of people 
going into the 2021-2022 campaign, uh, penciled in Adam Gaudet is there a potential breakout player? And then Jeremy Colleton wound up just never using him at the beginning of the season. Even after he got fired, Gaudet had fallen out of favor. And then the Blackhawks just uh, ended up putting him on waivers and he got claimed by the Ottawa Senators. And I do believe he scored a goal in his first game as a member of the Ottawa Senators, but Kind of uh, been been a little bit of a journeyman ever since then. I believe Goddad actually signed on with the St. Louis Blues for a, a two-way deal here on July 1st, if I remember that correctly. But yeah, I thought that was going to be an absolute steal for the Blackhawks, as did, I'm sure, a decent amount of people out there. But yeah, ended up not working out that well as Adam Goddad, um, fairly or unfairly, in my mind, it was unfairly. Uh, never really got much of an opportunity to prove himself with the Chicago Blackhawks. Another trade that comes to mind here, uh, trading Gustav Forsling and Anton Forsberg to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Calvin DeHaan and Alexi Sorella. And maybe this just serves as a reminder that we should not be making any trades with the Carolina Hurricanes ever because it really hasn't worked out for the Blackhawks um, ever. <laughs> um, but uh, Gustav Forsling didn't go on to be like a special player with the Carolina Hurricanes, and they ended up letting him wind up. Uh, I don't know if they traded him or if they let him walk either, but eventually found his way to the Florida Panthers, and he's been a top four defenseman for them in the last two seasons. And also we've seen Anton Forsberg have a little bit of a resurgence in his career. Uh, Sorella obviously never turned out to be much of anything. His younger brother, though, there is still some hope for him with the Blackhawks. Anti Sorella finally making the leap over to North America and will be playing with the Rockford Icehawks for this upcoming season. And while Calvin DeHaan was a, a warrior who I had so much respect for, I still never think he really lived up to his expectation that I had for him coming over to the Blackhawks. And he also kind of dealt with some injury problems and was never in the lineup all that consistently. So, I thought that was going to be a really good trade for the Blackhawks. And I thought DeHaan was going to be a top four piece of the future. And it obviously ended up not working out in their favor. The last one I will say, um, I wasn't like super high on this one, but I did think there was the potential for it to be a good trade that worked out in the Blackhawks favor or, or a trade that could have worked out for both sides and this wound up being one of the worst ones that Stan Bowman ever made when he sent Philip Deneau and a 2018 second round pick to the Montreal Canadiens. That pick turned out to be defenseman Alexander Romanov in exchange for Tomas Fleischman, the meat man, and Dale Weiss, both of which uh, didn't do anything really for the Blackhawks uh, when they fell short to the St. Louis Blues in the first round of the 2016 playoffs. And I really thought Dale Weiss was going to be a hidden gem after seeing what he had done in the postseason earlier in his career and just going through a little bit of a struggle with Montreal. I thought Chicago would be a perfect spot for him to find his game. That did not end up working out. I did, though, get to see Dale Weiss's final goal as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks in game six of that first round series with the Blues. I was uh, in attendance at the UC for that one. And that actually was the last real postseason game that the Chicago Blackhawks have won, believe it or not, folks. 2016, can't really count the COVID 2020 postseason because had the year finished, the Blackhawks wouldn't have been there. Yes, their last win since that. Since then, game six, 2016 against the St. Louis Blues. Your boy was in attendance, watched Dale Weiss score his final goal with the Blackhawks. Tomas Fleischman, the meat man, never went on to be anything. And of course, Phil Deneau, is now known as one of the best two-way forwards in the game. Romanov is a young defenseman for the Canadians at this point. 
I thought Dale Weiss was going to be a really good fit for the Blackhawks. I thought Fleischman would be a good bottom six ad uh, offensively, and it wound up just being a disastrous trade for the Blackhawks, always, shape, or form. Next question I want to get into comes from Hannah Tuscopolis. Tuscopolis? Hannah, I apologize. I really hope I didn't butcher that. Hannah DM'd me over the weekend, actually, and asked, could we see a Patrick Kane reunion down the road when the Blackhawks are winning again? Thanks, and keep up the awesome work. I just don't see it happening, and Kyle Davidson has really turned the corner and wanted to have this new era of prospects kind of be the new leaders. And while that could still be established in a few seasons and you could bring Patrick Kane back, I just think Kyle Davidson knows he was here for Stan Bowman's entire tenure. And he saw him bring back, you know, guy after guy, time after time. It happened to so many players. And I just don't think Kyle Davidson wants to go that route, wants to do the same things that Stan Bowman did. I'm not going to rule it out, but, um, and look, Patrick Kane is going to be 35 here in the fall. He's coming off of a hip surgery where former players, you know, have really struggled to play consistently ever again. Now, if anyone can do it, I do believe it's Patrick Kane, but it's going to be dicey. And it's hard to think, you know, at 37, 38 years old, is he, I mean, well, well, it's obviously a hypothetical here and I'm thinking about it way too hard, but I, I just, I think there's such a small possibility that everything aligns perfectly. Um, would it be absolutely amazing to happen? Yes. He's my favorite hockey player of all time, but I feel like Blackhawks fans just have this image ingrained of their mind of guys coming back because of how many times Stan Bowman did it. I just don't see Kyle Davidson in any way, shape or form being the same general manager that Stan Bowman was. And I'm sure he's well aware of that fact. Adrian Lopez emailed in the podcast over the weekend and asked, who is the next big name free agent that the Blackhawks get? Who is going to be the next big hoss, Jack? Well, here are some of the names that are available in 2024's free agent class. And of course, not all of them may wind up getting there, but at this point in time, all of their contracts are set to expire at the end of the season. We have Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Brandon Montour, Sebastian Ajo, Jonathan Marcheseau, Jake Gensel, Ilya Sorokin, Connor Hellebuck, Steven Stamkos, Mark Shifley, Devon Taves, Mark Shifley, Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, it is a really good 2024 free agent class. I've said on the show before, if Austin Matthews, for some odd reason, does wind up hitting free agency, I don't see a world where he does, but if he does, the Blackhawks have as good a chance as anyone. I firmly believe that. Uh, and yeah, I'd love to get Austin Matthews. I'd love to also get a player like William Nylander. I think Sebastian Ajo would be a really enticing prospect as well. Those are probably the three from that class that I'd be looking at the most. But honestly, I don't think it would even be all that crazy if the Blackhawks waited until 2025 because that free agent class is even more littered with talent. And again, this is a whole another year out and that provides a whole nother year of an opportunity to get these guys signed on to longer term deals. Um, but at this point in time, here are all the players who could be free agents in the summer of 2025, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Miku Rantanen, Sidney Crosby, Leon Dreisaitl, Nicholas Bagstrom, Victor Hedman, Brent Burns, Aaron Ekblad, Claude Giroux, Brad Marchand, UC Saros, Brock Besser. I mean, there is a slew of talent in the summer of 2025. 
out of that group, I think Miku Rantanen, Leon Dreisaitl, obviously the ones that are the most intriguing. And I'm obviously also looking at forwards considering the Blackhawks on the back end probably aren't going to be needing to add as much, hopefully, as they will towards the forward group. So that's kind of where I'm looking at. Rantanen, Dreisaitl, um, Nylander, Matthews, Aho. If the Blackhawks can get one of those five, baby, I would be absolutely ecstatic. And we know they're certainly going to have the money to do so. Those would be the big guns that I could see the Blackhawks making a run at these next two summers. Next question's from Sandra Worley, 459, excuse me. Sandra Worley, 459, who emailed in the podcast recently and asked, if you had to choose one player right now to be better than the other, do you choose Oliver Moore or Lucas Reichel? And I'm assuming this question was worded a little bit strangely. Sandra, I'm assuming you're giving me a head-to-head battle of Lucas Reichel and Oliver Moore and asking me who I think is going to be the better player at this point in time. I'm going to say Oliver Moore because I think he's probably the one that has the game to make an impact in all areas. And I think Oliver Moore is the one who has a better chance to be a center at the NHL level as well. Not to say Lucas Reichel can't, but what we've seen from him so far at the wing, I really like his chances there. And I think Oliver Moore potentially being the second line center behind Connor Bedard, where he doesn't have to worry about offense being the bread and butter and being a huge point producer when Bedard's going to do a lot of that heavy lifting. I think that sets him up beautifully to play his true style of game, which is 200 foot making an impact buzzing up and down the ice. I think Oliver Moore is probably the one who might, who's going to be more impactful, but I do think Lucas Reichel is the one who's going to put up higher point totals at the NHL level when it's all said and done. And last but not least, the last question that I'm going to answer here as part of this Mailbag Monday extravaganza comes from Marcin Thongors, who asked, Jack, do you think the shootout will exist in five to ten years? Because it feels like every year it gets more and more hate. Let me know your thoughts. And I thought this was a really good question, and I did want to save it for last because it does feel like every year, you know, the NHL is starting to value the shootout less and less and less. And we've started to see, obviously, the three-on-three overtime was the switch, so we'd get more decisions and less shootouts. I think everyone kind of agrees. Shootouts should not be dictating points at the NHL level. There are teams who miss the playoffs because of shootouts, and I just don't think that should be determining games. And I also think that the NHL should really go to a point system like the AHL is using where uh, an overtime loss and a shootout loss are two different things, or you could just get rid of the shootout altogether. Personally, I don't think that's the craziest thing in the world. Would that mean longer overtime periods? I think there does have to be some sort of solution, but I agree. I don't think shootout should be determining games and there's a reason why they don't in the postseason. So Yeah, I thought that was a really good question, Marcin. I I think in 10 years, there will probably be a better way to determine the outcomes of games, if I had to guess. Now, does it stink that, you know, we we don't see shootouts very often and it is a good display of skills? I completely agree on that end, but I still don't think it should be the final end-all, be-all of a hockey game that determines the winner and a loser. So I, I think the NHL is only going down that path as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if the shootout is out of the NHL game and, and 10 years seems a little bit too long. I wouldn't even be surprised in five years if we have an alternate ending to regular season hockey games. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up this 
Mailbag Monday extravaganza episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and make sure to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and to follow Lockdown Blackhawks wherever you may be listening to your podcast and you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and check me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2. Or you could also go and follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.